At Midway USA, we know the AR-15 is one of the most popular rifles in modern American history. Known for its modularity and widespread use, it's often considered essential to any gun collection. The essential things you need to run an AR-15 are usually always in stock during shortages, things like magazines and 5.56 ammo. Whether you're looking to buy a new AR-15 or buy parts for your modern sporting rifle, log on and for just about everything for the outdoors, shop MidwayUSA.com. Midway USA brand product designers have one straightforward goal, develop high-quality, technically sound products and deliver them to customers at reasonable prices. If you are immersed in the shooting sports industry and pay close attention to every single detail, you know our products are built right and stand up to everyday use. Who has shooting mats and range bag systems to hunting clothing and just about everything for the outdoors? Log on and shop 24-7 with super fast shipping. MidwayUSA.com this segment is brought to you by Jigmaster Jigs. When in doubt, get the jig out. Go to jigmasters.com and use promo code PNF20 and save 20% off your next jig order today. Welcome to the Paddle and Fin Podcast Network. This is the final cast segment with your hosts, Brad Hicks and Josh Eldridge, where we cast our final opinions on all products, good and bad. Welcome to the final cast. You're listening to the final cast on the Paddle and Finn Podcast Network. I am your host, Brad. And guess who's back? Trash Panda's back. Ugh. <laughs> What's up, everybody? What's up, man? It's been a long time, it seems like. It has been. It has been. It's been probably since maybe June. Um, I'm not sure if I recorded any in July. Um, it's possible, but I don't think that I did. Um but yeah, man, it's great to be back. I'm happy to be back, and uh, let's kick this thing off, bro. Heck yeah. I think one of the last episodes that you were on was uh, your St. Clair trip, where you placed like pretty well. Yeah, yeah. It. Um, to be honest with you, I cannot remember where I placed. If I finished just inside the top 10 or outside the top 10. I think you were ninth. Uh, yeah, it's possible. But, dude, it was insanity. Like... Um, I had a heck of a day out on the water and didn't even come close to the top three and it was insanity. We got some, a tip from a local guy here of a place to fish, which was just awesome. And what was really cool is we had the water to ourselves. Uh, it was me, Mike and Brandon out there and me and Mike just put on a clinic. I think we led it for like the first half of the tournament, um, him and I kept switching one and two. And I think I finished with like 93 inches, but number one took, I think, had 106 inches of smallmouth, dude. Something crazy like that. I can't That's remember awesome. the numbers, but yeah, dude, um, probably easily the top smallmouth fishing that I've ever had, like in one day, you know, well, or a weekend. I mean, we spent. I think we went down there Thursday. We pre-fished Friday and Saturday or Friday. And then a tournament was Saturday. And then I ended up doing the paddle and fin bracket tournament uh, that following oh, Sunday, man. which I didn't do good in, which stunk. But I think we caught the smallmouth um, at the uh, tail end of the spawn. Uh, I think the females were there were some females still roaming the beds, but I think they were moving on out because 
we were catching a lot of males and occasionally you would come across like a big female, um, where we were at. So, hmm. uh, but yeah, dude, it was awesome. Yeah, that was, that was a cool tournament. I remember watching it like, man, 90 inches. I've only ever hit 90 inches once large mouth, small mouth together. And that was this year, but man, that's cool. I think we're going to definitely head up there maybe a, a week or two earlier. Um, so we are like in kind of the prime spawning time, um, compared to when we were. So, cause yeah. we, we were seeing, you could see them on beds, but you were seeing the males were guarding and then the females, you would see them occasionally, but they were like, they were moving around ultra fast. Like they would zip in in an area and zip out. Like boom, hmm. you would just see these big, big, dark brown shadows, just sh- like the bedding area. And then they would just be out again. That's awesome. <laughs> so it was it was pretty wild, man. I mean, I was seeing beds that were like ten feet in diameter, like, and it was cool because you could tell what the sweet spot of the uh, bed was, and they would use like I, I'm assuming they were like it was like a pebble or a shell, and it was like white. It'd be bright white, and you would stand out in the middle of the sand, like in in the middle of the bed. You could just you I mean you could see it just straight through the water. Right there, and as soon as you would hit that sweet spot, man, boom, that the, the male would be all over it. So, but I was fishing um, the Wicked Willow, um, and like I, I think we already touched on this before. Basically, I was pulling it through. There was like real sparse vegetation. It seemed like a lot of the yeah. beds were at the bottom uh, of that vegetation. So if I would hit some vegetation, kind of feel like I started to snag, I'd just kill it. And let that bait drop down, and it would get hit. Then, so. yeah, that was uh, Sam Jones talking about that little tactic. Yeah, I remember, I remember that. That's cool. Yeah, he was telling us he's like, get it on the sweet spot and twitch it a little bit. And um, so, but you know, um, that was one of the highlights for the year so far. There was a lot of other stuff. A lot of stuff I got to learn this year. Um, I spent more time this year in a, a pedal drive uh, than I had previously, which was cool and. The boat that I chose was the Big Rig FD. Um, and I had been in that boat from when I visited Brian. And mm-hmm. so when that tournament came up, I asked Mark from Loveland if I could borrow the Big Rig FD. And he said, yeah. And he's like, try to sell it while you're there, <laughs> which I was <laughs> going to. But we ended up not running into any of other anglers really yeah. while we were out there. And then with the whole COVID thing, everybody was just... You know, just there was no in-person, you know, check-ins or anything like that where you would get, like, some people that might be interested in it. So, but uh, use that boat for a little bit. And then um, <clears throat> shortly thereafter, like, kind of towards the end of the summer, I bought Chris Anderson's big rig from him, which I had to turn around and sell, like, a couple months later just because operation and stuff that I'm going through. And, but, um Dude, I love that kayak. To be honest with you, I, mm-hmm. I like the stability of it's just like bar none, man. It's just super, super stable kayak. Um, it is, uh, it's a barge, so it's a little it's, heavy. It's hard to, you know, pedal, you know, yeah. hard to paddle if you have to. But go ahead. Is that the one that Jay brought to Dale Hollow last year? Yes, same. Boat. Yeah, I, I got in it. That thing is super stable. Yeah. It, uh, the one that I had was a 2019, uh, the one that I borrowed from, uh, Chris Anderson or that I bought from Chris Anderson. And 
it had the um it has the old drive in it. it didn't have any issues with the old drive um mm-hmm. but the thing turned like really really bad so and yeah, i knew it that does. it had the old it has the old rudder on it so i bought um the boondocks uh j rudder and it's specifically made for jackson kayaks um is it the big orange one no that's what comes with them now that jackson oh, okay. sent. this this one's black it's um feels like it's made out of metal it seems like it's made out of some sort of aluminum or metal or something like that um hmm. but it is uh it's kind of long and skinny versus the kind of short stubby fat one that jackson had on the old ones and dude it was night and day different so i put that in it was it's a little overpriced i think it was like 90 bucks for it something like that but to be honest with you the difference that i saw and how that kayak performed turning wise was night and day so it was worth it you know Um, seems seems like all those products nowadays for kayaks like the aftermarket stuff they're up there in price yeah i mean there's a market for it and especially with something like that because it solved a problem and that people were really kind of complaining about a lot was how how hard it was to turn that boat like you needed a lot of area to be able to turn around you know mm-hmm. if you're on fish man it's the last thing you want to do is go around you know pedaling through potentially you know or whatever so mm-hmm. it's um but it was definitely definitely a good product um very solid built um I mean, it literally is plug and play too. I didn't have to do anything modification wise. It slid right up into the same slot that's up underneath the boat, right into where the, um, I don't know, you call it a cotter pin or whatever. Uh, everything slid in exactly the same. So, um, you know, definitely, uh, definitely was an improvement that I, I really was happy with, you know, once I got installed, it it made that boat a hundred times more fun to fish with. So. I bet because uh, I know the few minutes I did spend inside of it, I could not even get it to turn around inside that marina because it just turned so wide. Uh, yeah, it you <laughs> the problem with that boat is it always seemed like you had to keep you had to get like momentum going and then yeah. it would kind of engage. Uh, you know the rudder would. I don't know if it was just because it was so short it couldn't grab like enough surface area of the water or what, but. With that other one, dude, like if you just turn and start pedaling, the boat starts turning. So, I mean, it's still it's still not exactly like, you know, like turning on a dime by any means. Yeah. But definitely, definitely a lot better. So it, that which, brings what's up. I think the the new 3D drive from Jack or 3D rudder, it's the orange one that you're referring to. Yeah. Um, from what I understand, that one performs a lot better. Obviously, I've I've tried both of them before. I've tried the the old rudder or yeah, the old rudder and then the old uh, the old rudder and then I tried obviously the Boondocks one. But then when I tried the when I had Loveland's boat, I, that one had the new orange one that JK mm-hmm. you know provides, and it does turn better. You know. Um, I wish I would have been able to do a comparison between the orange one and the boondocks one. Um, I didn't get an opportunity, but, uh, I do know that for sure that the orange one is pretty close to the boondocks one, if not right on. So, 
Yeah, you brought up the a good point about having to gain some speed before actually turning. And I had um, a couple different experiences this year. One with the uh, Native Slayer Max. I got to try that out for a little bit. And uh, the radius is so tight, it's probably... Boat Trader, America's largest boating marketplace, offering easy financing and over 100,000 boat listings to choose from. Sell, find, and finance new or used boats on America's largest boating marketplace. Visit BoatTrader.com to get started. 14, 15 foot diameter, you know. Um, I was circling uh, Justin. He was sitting in my Bonafide, and I was circling him and barely missing the front and the back with that. Oh, and really? Then, yeah. That it, thing it, turns it out good. pretty good. Yeah. Nice. And then the other one with... Uh, I, I spent some time in was the Hobie Outback and that, that thing it's fast, but it seems like you have to get up to speed before you can get it to turn. Yeah. But I know they have like, uh, uh, different rudders that come with that too. Now that you can buy aftermarket. It just reminded me of that when you said that. <clears throat> Heck yeah. So, uh, yeah, I I'm trying to think of some other new stuff off hand. Um, there wasn't much new stuff that I used. There was a lot of new things that I did fishing wise this year, you know, like technique wise. Mm -hmm. Um, I started fishing deeper. Um, one of, one of the times was with, um, when we went up to East West Harbor and we fished the, uh, Cincinnati kayak fishing, the, um, charity tournament. And me and oh, Mike, yeah. me, Mike, Braden, and Dylan and Brandon went up there to camp out and fished up there. And I did decent in the tournament. Um, I didn't do as well as obviously nobody did as well as old Jackson did, but Mike finished pretty high up there. Oh man. Yeah, I forgot about that tournament. Yeah. So we went up there and I fished um in a sense like a ledge it wasn't a ledge but the way it laid out was and that was kind of cool that was a good experience to learn like you know how to kind of cast my bait into an area and kind of bring it like either off the ledge or mm -hmm. you know up the ledge vice versa kind of it was working both ways um so that was kind of interesting um another thing that i did was when we were at dale hollow uh, Dale Hollow, I got out there and finally tied on something to try to fish deep. Um, one of the things I've been struggling with is kind of figuring out like, what am I, what am I seeing on my graph? Am I seeing fish? Yeah. Am I seeing bass? You know, um, at first I was describing what I was seeing when we were at Dale Hollow and I think it was Mike was like, Hey dude, that's the thermocline. And then I talked to, uh, uh, one of the other guys that was out there and he's like, no, dude, that's what I was marking too. Those are bass. He's like, they're just suspended off the bottom. It was in like 50 feet of water though, like between 40 and 50 feet of water. It was kind of, they sat around that 45 mark and we went to a different place and I struggled and struggled and struggled. I mean, we caught some fish on the river when we were out there, but it wasn't catching like a lot of, a lot of anything of size and um, so I finally tied on like a, a deep diving crankbait and I just kind of experimented. I was like, I gotta figure this out for so long or for so long. I'm always one of those anglers that throws what they're comfortable with, 
even if it's not working and I have a really hard time switching it up and I end up just being frustrated. But that was pretty cool as I put on a, oh man, it was like a, just a, uh, like a five XD extra mm-hmm. deep, something like that. So it, it dove to, I want to say, yeah, was, I want to say hit around the 25 mark. Um, yeah. it's where I could feel the bottom. Um, and I ended up just trying it out and, um, I was kind of, since we weren't fishing in a tournament or anything, I trolled it around, um, and caught like a really nice, uh, large mouth. I think it was about an 18, 17 to 18 inch large mouth doing that. Hmm. So that was kind of a cool experience. I hadn't done that before. Um, but it just, yeah, fishing kind of deep, trying out different baits, um, trying to fish using my graph deep, you know, like marking a fish and trying to, once I marked it kind of back up a little bit and you know, it's worked a few times. I wasn't highly successful by any means, but you know, it kind of gave me an understanding what I'm seeing on my graph is, is what I think it is sometimes, you know? Yeah. I, I struggle with that too. So it's, um, it's still going to be a lot of learning. I didn't get out as much as I did. I, I was out a lot in the spring and then with everything that kind of went on personally this year, everything kind of halted and slowed way down. I mean, I got out a few times here and there, mm-hmm. um, but uh, overall it was just, um, you know, the, that's the cards that were dealt this year. So, I mean, it was <laughs> yeah. an awful year for me. So it seemed like you were traveling more than usual this year though. It like, once a month at least with Mike. Yeah, Mike and I went to a lot of places, especially in the first half of the you know season. Um, and uh, I want to say like once after East West Harbor, it kind of slowed down. Uh, we were kind of staying more local until we went to Dale Hollow. Um, yeah. But I wasn't going to miss Dale Hollow. I mean, we had so much fun last year and then being able to see so many of the paddle and fin crew, I was like, I got to go. So, yeah, I missed it. But... Oh, well. It was tough fishing though, man. Like, uh, it's that, I think if we do Dale Hollow again, it's going to need to switch over to the spring. Oh, so. dude. Springtime, yeah. April. Oh, I love Dale Hollow in April. It's awesome. Uh, <laughs> Uh, you know, both times that I've been there where it was with you the previous year and we went, I want to say the second weekend in September. No, and, it was the end. It was like the 27th, 28th. Was it? Yeah. Okay. And then obviously this one was right around that same time. So it's crazy. Like we've talked about in the past, how soon that they draw down those lakes mm-hmm. in Tennessee. So, yeah, I was completely shocked to see that last year. We pulled up, and I'm like, holy crap, there's no water in these coves. Well, and of... what's even crazier, Brad, is they do that like a month ahead of when we were there. Because when I, I was there in August uh, for my birthday, Cherokee Lake and Douglas Lake had both been pulled down that far, too. So, Yeah, I, I actually walked around uh, Cherokee Lake last year. I think it was around August. Mm-hmm. That so was like, like, yeah, you of, went, you went the weekend after I had been there, you and your wife were traveling there you, when we were coming back. Yeah. That's what it was. Yeah. Cause we were, I was like, Hey, I just saw you on the highway going the other way. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, they, I, I got down there and the, the, that lake was low. I was like, Holy crap. You can see everything. This is crazy. Even one of the boat docks by the dam 
like you couldn't even launch there because there was no water in it. Yeah. Yeah, that just blows my mind that they lower it that that low that early in the year. But I guess it's because of the fall rain that they get. Uh, that and also, from what I understand, the fall rain, it's obviously for flood control. But at the yeah. same time, it gives the people who own boat docks time to work on them throughout the season. And um, when you think about how many people are like how much is involved out there in regards to that. Cause I mean, we don't have places like that in Ohio. So Ohio doesn't really, I I mean, would they take forever to draw down versus, yeah. you know, what they do down there? I mean, that's, that's like a livelihood. You've got people who own marinas and then you got houseboats and people who actually live on the lake and, you know, or vacation homes and all that jazz. So it gives them time to get out there and work on those docks. So I never thought about that. But yeah, our lakes here in Ohio, we probably, they probably lower them four feet for the winter. I'm guessing something like that. Yeah, I'm not sure, but it's not it's not much at all. Yeah, but huh, that's interesting. But we have a bunch of toilet bowls for lakes here. So. I know they're all <laughs> muddy, poopy. <laughs> so I don't even know. I hate fishing up here, well, except for the river. Yeah, but then again, when you get rains up here, the river just turns to freaking mud too yeah that's why our all of our lakes look like that too so uh uh docks have you ever been to uh, east river landing over here in moraine i have not not yet oh. they have a boat ramp there and it's a nice parking lot and everything well last time i was out there they took out the dock i didn't know they did that oh really yeah i, I got there i was like where'd the dock go it was after a big flood too, so I'm, I thought it maybe washed down stream or something. But uh, maybe if it's if it's a floating one, they might remove it so it doesn't get damaged and stuff. Like, cause I know you know, you know how it is around here. Like we get we don't the weather's so up and down in Ohio throughout the winter. Like one day it's going to be sixty in December, and then you know two days later we get a foot and a half of snow. And then after that snow's done, it rains for five days. And then, you know, like everything's flooding out and, you know, it's just a cycle of that garbage. So, I mean, that's why you go, like uh, I've talked about in the past, like from where I, I wade fished for so long, it used to just make me thoroughly disgusted being on the riverbank, walking down the the river, trying to fish. And I'm looking up in trees, like 15 feet, 20 (laughs) feet up in a tree. And there's just garbage from, how those things flood out, dude. And I, I mean, it's, it's insanity and it's all strictly from, it's not like that shit's floating around in the air. It's all from how high that river gets. Yeah. I've, and, I've seen like little baby dolls up in the trees and stuff. Dude, I, it's amazing. <laughs> the shit you'll see stuck up in the trees around here. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> it looks like we had a hurricane, like just yeah. went down the river. It does. It's, it's crazy. You been on the river much? This year? I haven't been in forever, dude. Um, it's been all. It's been it's been rough for me, man. I uh, like I said, you know, for those that didn't know, uh, my soon to be ex wife and I have been going through a separation since June, and that's why I was on a hiatus from the podcast. Um, I had to pack up the computer, and, and then fortunately, I had a good buddy. And we all talked to him before Mike Grimsley let me stay down at this place throughout the summer. And, um, I just, you know, there's a lot of stuff going on with that. 
I had to get rid of the kayaks. Um, even no, and that, that just happened recently, but, um, it was just with everything that was kind of going on, trying to find a new place, traveling from Westchester all the way up to here, you know, to, for work and making sure I still spent all the time that I could with the kids. Um, you know, it's just, I, it, the kayak fishing, all, all that stuff kind of took a backseat, you know, until I got yeah. my cars all settled and, you know, I had to sell both kayaks, which stinks, man. Cause I'm well, itching to get out so bad. And everybody's, I mean, dude, I'm, I'm lucky that I'm involved in this community because of the amount of help that I've, I've gotten from everybody. Like Mike's helping me out, you know, let me stay at his place. I got furniture from people. I got, just, just tons of people reached out. Panel and Finn helped me out. Um, you know, and it's just, it goes to show you like how awesome everybody in this community can be and are, um, you know, obviously with any kind of large group or of people we get, you get the drama and the garbage that comes with it. But really when it comes down to it, like the people that had my back the most were, you know, the people that I, I fish with, it's crazy, Mm -hmm. dude. Like people that I, I mean, one of my best friends, Nate, like, you know, I met him from working, you know, at this steel place and he, um, I bought some bunk beds for the boys that he, um, he had built for somebody else and he hooked me up with that person. And, you know, no questions asked, came over, helped me disassembled them and reassembled them back here, you know, at my place. And, it's just, and these are all people that I share the same passion of fishing and outdoors with, you know, and it was, uh, you know, it was really an eye opening experience to like realize, you know, like how many people I've made friends with down the way that are, mm-hmm. are truly, truly good people, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, that's what I like about, uh, our pound on fin group here too. Like we, we all might get on each other's nerves at times and stuff like that, but then when it really matters, we all step up and help each other. It's pretty yeah. cool. Yeah. So, so much love to everybody out there, especially my paddle and fin peeps, Nate, Mike, Brandon, Brandon helped me out a lot, dude. Um, poor Brandon. So I lost my, I lost my bending branches angler pro. So have you heard the story about it? No, you told me about it, but I didn't hear the <laughs> this whole story. Is good. This is good. <laughs> so I talked Brad into bending branches, right? So Brad got to try out my paddle one day on the river. And well, like, hold on. I, I used a cl- uh, angler classic. I never right, did try right, the high right, right. He And he was like, man, those things are expensive. I'm like, yes, dude. But I'm telling you, it's like one of the best investments I've ever made, especially if you're the kind of person who likes to spend a lot of time on the water in one day. And so Brad got to try it out. He's like, dude, that thing is sweet. And before you know it, Brad's got the Navigator and the Angler Pro. And so I had the same, I had the same paddle for the past like couple years. And when we were up at St. Clair, I either a left it at the boat dot or at the boat launch and somebody took it or B I had it on the kayak and it blew off because I forgot oh. to take it off of the uh, paddle holder. Cause the Jackson big rig paddle holder is not secure. It's just yeah. a pop, it cl- clips in like it pops on. Um, so I lost that and Brandon was super nice enough to give me his and he had an angular pro too. Yeah. Cause it was sitting at Mike's place and he's like, 
yeah, dude, you just take it. And I'm like, no way, man. Let me give me, you know, I got to give you something for it. And he's like, no, just take it. It's just sitting over there anyways. And so I take that thing and the same, I do the same stupid shit, dude. Like I left it on the big rig. We put the big rig on the trailer and we're driving to go fishing me and Mike and it blows off the boat into the road. And somebody stopped, had flagged us down and says, Hey, one of your guys paddles. And I was like, shit that's like oh. my paddle that's brandon's and so we go back and we find it and i go and i'm like oh dude it's still here it's not broken and i picked it up and i drop it instantly because it's cracked and it's fiberglass the whole shaft's fiberglass and it's yeah. cracked all the way down and when i did that it was like i grabbed a porcupine dude that carbon fibers Ooh. dude just stuck all into my hand everywhere <laughs> I look down at my hand. I've got like 25 little sh- sh- like slivers oh. of carbon fibers stuck in my hand. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. So I, yeah, I didn't hear that. That, that I, for 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 somebody else's sake, I hope the very first one that you did lose, somebody found and was able to at least use it. Yeah. You know. I don't. I don't but, know what happened. I, I think I left dang. it there. So I picked it up and took it because well, we went back and looked for it and it was gone. So. That's I would I would cry. That's a lot. That's two hundred ninety nine bucks. Yeah, I know. Shut up. Um, anyway, and I lost, and then I broke somebody else's. I'm so dumb, like <laughs> so dumb. Dude, I I I do stuff like that all the time. I mean, like rod socks. I mean, smaller scale, but I've left so many rod socks places. You know, somebody probably picks it up with X pal and Finn. This is gay. I used to leave my um, pliers everywhere. And then I used to carry the um, Rapala folding ruler, the gray one. You ever seen that? Yeah. Like the fish ruler. Like I used to, that's like my favorite thing to carry when I'm wade fishing because it, it, it folds out to like, you know, almost 30 inches or something like that, but you can fold it down to 15 and then it just fits right in your backpack at that point. And I like that thing so much. I bought like three or four of them. And it was also because every time I would go fishing, I would leave it in the bushes somewhere because I'd catch a fish, measure it. And then I'd be like, right, I'm going to go back out there and pack all my stuff and leave that stupid thing sitting there on the rocks or whatever and then walk away. So the 1911 is one of the most iconic firearms in history. Designed by John Browning, the 1911 was the standard issue sidearm of the U.S. military from 1911 to 1985. While Colt produced the original, almost every major firearm company has produced its own version. It's wildly revered for its reliability, crisp trigger, and is still a favorite for all types of shooters. Whether you're looking to buy or build a 1911 and just about everything for guns, log on to MidwayUSA.com. Yeah, that's the worst. (laughs) I broke broke two rods this year. Did you really? Yeah. uh, One of them was fishing up north. And I hooked into like a 10 pound channel catfish and thought I had like the world record smallmouth on it. And I was um, trying to get it up. So I had, you know, my rod in my right hand behind, like behind me like this. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to net it and just tip my rod snaps. Like. Oh, I've done that. I, I think I've broken maybe one rod, but it was my most expensive one, the villain 2.0. Yeah, I was so was mad. Pretty, pretty funny when that happened. I wasn't too mad. I mean, it was one of my 
uh, cheaper Fenwicks, one of the silver Hawks, but yeah. I mean, it's, it is what it is. Like I, I get, I've had a lot of good uses out of those rods. I mean, it, I'm not super like delicate with any of that stuff. Yeah. Dude. It usually gets jammed into the truck. I put them in the front seat. I whack the headrest. I hit the ceiling. I catch it on the metal post for the headrest, you know, mm-hmm. I just, beat the daylights out of it so yeah um but you know it's bound to happen and then another one i broke oh i broke another one at mike's shop and this was pretty funny so i went went in and i didn't realize how hard his the man door you know the regular door you'd walk into somewhere i didn't walk through the garage door it was it was still closed so i'm taking my stuff out of open the man door and i try to walk in there quickly with all my rods and one of them doesn't make it and the door slams shut and just snaps it oh, oh i would be so mad i get <laughs> mad over that kind of crap man it's so funny though i'm like wow that door closed really fast <laughs> yeah it the the other thing i hate is when you're you're in the kayak and your rods are sticking up straight get caught in trees yeah. Every time it happens, I get so pissed off. <laughs> but, um, you know, other than that, I mean, I had a good year fishing. Um, I learned a lot. I met a lot of cool people. I fished a ton with Mike, obviously. I was, you know, living in his, you know, living in his house for, you know, three months, basically three or four months. And so him and I were kicking. We were going fishing a lot. We did go on a lot of trips everywhere. So, I mean, because I kind of, with what was going on with the separation, like kind of, it was like uh, I would spend the weekend with the kids, you know, mm-hmm. and then the next weekend I'd have, I'd have had open. And, you know, I was seeing them, you know, two or three times during the week also. So um, I was just super busy with the kids and work. And when I could, I'd throw a fishing trip in and we just kind of got tired of being around here though, too. Like Mike and I were mm-hmm. like, let's go some different places, dude. You know? Yeah. <clears throat> if for, for him fishing with a bunch of my buddies that I've never fished or that I fish with, I've never actually met him face to face yet. I don't think you've never met Mike. No, I need to Mike. If you're listening to this, let's go fishing, dude. <laughs> <laughs> i'm serious dude he I, goes all the time man he's, I know. he's he went with chris a couple weeks ago and i was i was gonna tag along but the, i don't have the the new kayak registered so i was just like yeah whatever but yeah dude we need to go i need to go fishing with you it's been a while i don't even know that you and i fished together this year we didn't do a river were, float no, no because you were all covid scared the whole beginning half of the year man and I kept asking you, like, oh, dude, Allie's scared. Allie's scared. Oh, yeah. Well, and my then, wife my it, wife owns her own business, so she she was worried about me getting it and then her having to shut down. Right. But right now, it's not as bad because right now is her off season. But yeah. during the whole farmer's market thing she was doing, she would have had to shut down for two weeks, and that wouldn't have been good for us. Yeah. Oh, I understand. <laughs> but, um, yeah, uh, it was um, – it was interesting, you know. It was it was cool doing the paddle. I had a lot of fun at the paddle and fin meetup. Um, you know, I missed doing this. Um, yeah. it's been a while, so um, you know, we got some catching up to do as far as some of the episodes that I had planned out that we never really got to. Um, but hopefully, you know, we'll get back in the swing of things for everybody here soon with the final cast. Uh, big shout out to Jimmy and Brad though. You, Brad, Jimmy, you guys killed it, dude. 
Um, there was, I just got to tell you, man, that there was a lot of good positive feedback from a lot of the episodes that you guys did. Um, a lot of people were really digging the battery one. Um, uh, bio, yeah. Oh, that was probably my favorite episode this year. Yeah, that was definitely a good one. So, you know, but thanks for, um, you know, thanks for all the hard, hard work you guys put into it. So. Yeah, Jimmy, if you're listening to this, send me your address, dude. I'm gonna send you like a gift card or something. Hook you up. You're gonna send Jimmy I, a gift card? Heck yeah, to, dude. Because you put like, in some hours on the podcast this year, man. Get, get, hey, just save some cake balls, man. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. Hey, well, it, he he wants to he wants me to come down there uh, to Gunnersville. He's like, I'm gonna get you to catch a fish on a frog because I never caught one. You've never so he's catch, like, caught a fish on a frog. No. Are you serious? <laughs> no. Dude, I'll take you to do that around here, man. Like, <laughs> do, like just, how do you, how do you, I mean, you could go, one of the best places you could go, like, just knock it out. Like, say you did it, it was Kaiser, um, Kaiser back in the day, dude. Like, yeah. um, I remember going there in the spring and I caught like 30 bass on a little tiny black live target bass, you know, like the little live target frog. Yeah. Um, And dude, I would bomb that thing like a country mile and just, pull it through over that those little grass patches. And, I think that's uh, the thing. I just don't know how to work it, but once once somebody shows me how to do it, I have confidence in it. Like my trip to visit Brian in August. Yeah. I threw the football jig on his home lake that whole day. I was like, I'm catching a fish on this. Yeah. Finally caught two of them. They were both good too. Yeah. So I was like, that place is fun, wasn't it? Oh yeah. Yeah, the one was like 18 inches, and it was probably three, three and a half pounds. Dude, they're huge. They're fat. like freakishly huge shoulders. Like, But, I mean, I guess when you fish where we do in Ohio, like all of our bass are usually really anorexic unless they're smallmouth, like, you know. Yeah. But the largemouth are all, like, withering hey. away. So, Are you planning on going to the Fox River tournament? I, you know, I have – no idea what's going to happen next year, to be honest with you. Yeah. Cause I was sitting there like, Hey, maybe we should talk about next year's plans. And I'm like, I don't even have a kayak right now. So I don't have plans right now either. So, but I think it would be really cool to do the paddle and fin, um, trail series. Um, you know, but at the same time, I'm like, dude, like just with the time with the kids and stuff like that, I'm like, it's going to be hard, you know, pulling that, pulling that off. And, but the cool thing is, is that it's um, sort of all based Midwest. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's, um, it's Not definitely too- doable. Nothing's like too terribly out of the way. So. Except lacrosse is probably like eight hours, but you got to qual- qualify for that one, I think. Cause it's the championship. Yeah. Like but what I was going to say, Fox river, that, that one stands out to me. Cause when I went out to Brian, he took me out on the Kishwaukee river like 15 mm-hmm. minutes from his house. We we uh we got onto some freaking footballs. I mean, bigger footballs in here. I was like, dude, this is sweet. Yeah. It's really cool where Brian lives too cuz he's kind of out there a little bit. It's not super populated where he where he's at. I mean, Rockford's got a decent population, but I really liked it up there. It was fun visiting him. I got to go do it again. Dude. I've been talking about going up there and if if it happens, last year it didn't really happen cuz the ice was was not really on for very long up there. Mm-hmm. And because they had a mild winter overall too like we did. 
but I want to go up there and ice fish with him and Jay using hot dogs for bike. Like that's <laughs> dude, I would go. <laughs> yeah, if you if you if you go, let me know. I'll do I stuff like that. That'd be fun. <laughs> I was like, that'll be a good video to put up for Paddle and Finn. Heck yeah. Yeah, I, I hope we do a meetup again next year in the springtime or something. <clears throat> it's gonna be busy though, man, because the paddle and fin, Dale Hollow, that dude, like I might just go fish at, you know. Yeah. Because it is in April that the open and everything and the, the beginning of this whole thing is right there at Dale Hollow in, in the spring. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that's going to be fun. Yeah. If you guys are listening, I highly encourage you to go out to Dale Hollow that time of the year. It's a, it's, it's fun. Uh, fish, fishing all the wood and stuff. You'll, you'll have like temperatures probably 65 to 70, 72, something like that. Yeah. Uh, I went the first weekend of May one year and it was 77 degree water, t- water, water temperature already, but it shot up during the day pretty quick. But yeah, that, that time of the year is awesome. Heck yeah. And dude, we're going, I'm taking your ass straight up to, uh, St. Clair. Cause I'm doing that. St. Clair, St. Clair changed my mind about what kind of smallmouth fights harder, whether it's in the river or in a lake and St. Clair smallmouth fishing was like, I was like, dude, these, these might fight harder than what I've caught in a river. Not saying that, you know, all rivers are like that, but yeah. I was just like, it's, really really different when you're fishing in a lake like that and you're hooking into what are just freakishly shaped giant smallmouth like i mean dude the heads on them it's just like <laughs> it's hard to describe like you you pull one out of the water you're like this is the weirdest smallmouth it's huge <laughs> and it's just you know it just i was like it's shoulders and stuff just don't match what you know what you're catching it's just crazy but yeah it's, it's definitely it's, a good time they're not like largemouth where they hold the weight in the belly it's just they're they just get bigger top to bottom yeah i mean it's literally like it was the definition of the nerf ball like shape like with a tail <laughs> yeah that's that's awesome i need to experience that oh ryan ryan doll he's like oh, i'm planning a trip in may i was like I might come with you. He's like, that's why I said something. <laughs> yeah, dude. And if, I mean, dude, like I said, it's, it's a lot of fun. It's, um, you can get out there and kayak it. It's not, I mean, obviously with any big water like that, you've got the issues where the weather can take a turn, but it's not like Lake Erie scary, you know, or yeah. like, like that. Cause I mean, it's where we were fishing, man, it was like seven feet deep. That was it. So, yeah, I heard like the deepest is what like sixteen to twenty or something. Yeah, it's like not that. it's not a deep lake. It's just big. So when you do get, you know, when it, when it gets windy out there, it is sketchy just because it is wide open. It's like a big giant bowl basically. And so, but I mean, when we were out there, most of the time it was really calm. And uh, when we went, I want to say we fished Thursday and Friday, but I can't remember. Anyways, when we were there originally, it was no boat traffic. Mm-hmm. So the first couple of days. And then obviously on Saturday and Sunday, on tournament day and the next day, it picked up. So it was a little rocky out there. But, I mean, dude, we were fishing fairly. We were fishing right there next to the docks a lot of times. Like, you know, like the furthest we went out was like 100 to 200 yards offshore. Yeah. 
that wasn't very far. So, yeah, I, I I'd probably feel at home with that. N- not deep, and then grass offshore. Like if there's grass offshore, I feel pretty comfortable fishing it. Yeah, so I think that'd be fun. But yeah, it's real sandy. It's not like a lot, there's rocks, but it's not like you're finding like you know just piles and piles of rocks, and it's just real rocky everywhere. Like so, if you find a rock pile, like it's a good place to kind of hang out. So. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So it's not like Williams Reservoir where it just rocky drop off. No. No. I need to get back up there too. But it's um, you know, we'll definitely go up there and check it out. I'd like like I said, I want to go up there a little bit early. Like I'd almost like to go up there like when before the spawn, like when they yeah, they're coming pre-spawn. when they come in. They've come in and they're just like, you know, picking off bait fish like in the shallows yeah. until they get ready to make the beds. That would be badass, dude. Like, Heck yeah, top where they're water, just man. feeding up like crazy. Yeah, like and then and then I I'd, I'd have the you know, it'd probably be if even fairly calm because you think about it, it's st- going to still be slightly chilly to where there's not a lot of people out there Mm-hmm. Uh, pleasure boating because I mean you get your bass boats but your bass boats blast in fish a spot and blast out um, you know where it kind of gets a little sketchy is when you start getting you know a lot of people tubing and you know even the bigger boats and they're just you know blasting by one after another you know and that's where you start getting that real gnarly you know chop that starts forming and stuff like that so but the bass boats and stuff coming in and out it's not a big deal really but I think I think it'd be a good time to go up there like early May or something. So yeah, pre-spawn's my favorite time to fish. I yeah, love it. Mine Spe- too. Like on the river, man. Oh, yeah, it's so much fun. I love it. But this upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tacovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tacovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecovis store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. So what else is new? Anything else? Not really, man. You know, <laughs> just got got the new pad, the new bachelor pad here set up. Heck yeah. I, I had the paddle and fin on the TV, but the TV looks like a computer screen from here. It looks tiny. It's crazy what Skype does to our videos. Yeah. But um, I, it timed out. <laughs> so the screensaver. For, it's all good. But, you're, you're, like I said, your head's blocking it, so I can't really see it anyway. But yeah, I do apologize to anybody if I've got um, an echo um, in my old place. Um, the walls were hollow in a sense, uh, not hollow, but there wasn't dry. It wasn't drywalled, so like the sound could travel through the wall and stay away. And I'm sitting in a corner, 
uh, right here next to my kitchen. And so it's slightly echoey. So if there's bad two, quality, sorry. Two exterior walls. Yeah. Yeah. Well, actually just one. Uh, and then I got the neighbors. Wall oh, right I got you. Yeah. They're probably it, like, this guy just talking to himself in the corner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If you, if you start hearing a, bo- uh, yeah. a broom bang on the side, you got to so move the, the other side. Pay no attention. It's just my neighbor. <laughs> She's pissed. But, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's going to be interesting to see kind of what happens next year, you know, as far as what kayaks are going to get. I know I'm going to shoot to try to get a Kilroy again, dude. One of my big goals this year is going to be spending as much time with my kids as I possibly can. Cause my time's going to be limited with them now. And, um, I have to go get that Kilroy. Zach was so upset with me, dude, when I sold huh. it cause they were with me actually too. Um, the guy kind of popped up out of nowhere and he was like, Hey dude, I want to buy that thing. Uh, do you want me electronically sending you the money right now? And I was like, no dude, come look at the boat first. Like, you know, (laughs) like I do not want you to send me money electronically. And then I go to deliver this thing to you and you're like, no, I don't want it. And then I have to try to, you know, go to the bank and all that jazz. So, um, but Zach was with me and it was super sad because he, got to go out a few times on the river with me and he fell in love with that kayak cause he had somewhere comfortable to sit. And then he got real ballsy and was sitting on the front nose of the boat going down the river. And it was just our thing. It became our thing this summer and it sucks that I had to get rid of it, but you know, Hey man, the, you're on the Loveland team. You're going to get another one. So it's all good. Yeah. I just, but you know, it still stinks, dude. It kind of had a sentimental value, you know, yes, yeah. it, it was his kayak. I got that thing and, specifically for him you know and except he keeps requesting and i get a damn spider-man like kayak because he's seen the bonafide black widow <laughs> yeah dude and i'm like dude i can't get that kayak exactly there's nowhere for you to sit in it and he's like but dude daddy it's so cool and i'm like i know but where uh you have anywhere to store the kayak right now yeah i have a garage here so. nice that's cool yeah. yeah i was fortunate that i found this place because Except for, dude, my boss at work the other day tells me about this house that's next door to him that has its own pond with bass in it, and it's out on the edge of Waynesville, and it's $700 a month. Dang. I mean, it's a three-bedroom, two-bath <laughs> house. I'm like, how much? He's like, $700. i am like, he's like, it's not updated. I'm like, I don't care. It's got a pond with fish in it, dude. Like, Heck yeah. I mean, it's got a dock and everything. I literally, every day, I could just go out my front door. I would build a chute from the garage into the lake. That's awesome, though. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, if you didn't have a garage, throw your kayak in mine. I wouldn't care. Yeah, dude. Yeah, you would when you're like, God, I got to move that thing out of the way. Just let me use it when you're not using it. (laughs) Right. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, you know, so we'll see what I end up in next year. Definitely want to try to get a Jackson boat for my river kayak. Um, I'll I'll always stick with Jackson, especially when it comes to river kayaks. Um, I'm thinking I'm going to shop around a little bit if, when it comes to a pedal drive. Uh, but it'd be hard for me to kind of let go of the, the big rig. I'm a yeah. pretty big fan of that kayak. So, yeah, but I know what you mean, man. I know Mike, Mike though. He's like, come to the dark side of a hobby. <laughs> I think I know I'm known as like the kayak Lord now, but no more like they're, they're... kayak whore is what you are. <laughs> Not Lord, <laughs> but there, there are kayaks that I do miss for sure. I, I do miss the Bonafide. Yeah. Well, dude, you, that boat was like, dude, you had that thing. 
year and a half set up exactly the way you want it had a lot of features that you liked i think the thing that you hated the most about that kayak was dealing with the weight of it you know like it was that's a heavy heavy kayak i remember helping you try to remember the first time we fished together and i dropped your bonafide yeah yeah. (laughs) Yeah, you felt like this thing is way heavier than it looks dude like yeah Yeah, yeah, it's almost as heavy as the big rig i think no, the big rig. Well, maybe the well, standard big rig, but the big rig FD is yeah. 140 pounds, dude. Yeah, I'm at the standard. <laughs> I think uh, I think the Bonafide was in the 90s somewhere, wasn't it? Yeah, 94. Yeah, I mean, dude, the Kilroy is 93. It doesn't seem like it'd be that big. That's crazy. It's 13 feet, 13 one, something crazy like that's that. That's a yeah, that's a big or boat. A 12 11, something like that, something crazy, and then it's 36 inches wide. Yeah, that's true. I didn't so, think about that. Yeah, the the new canoe was 13 and a half feet. But more. the the way those handles were on that boat um, made it easy to carry. So yeah, yeah. And I kept it on the light side too, since I use it as a river boat. So. It's yeah, still hard. It's still hard as hell to carry by yourself. Though. <laughs> oh, dude, yeah, that's the worst part about kayak fishing, for me at least. Especially going to Franklin, the spot that I like to hit a lot. Going downhill and then carrying it back uphill felt like I was gonna have a heart attack. Yeah, gotta get in shape, bro. Uh, I, I'm in pretty good shape, it seems like. But you need to get in better shape. It sounds I like I do. I, I do. I, I ate well. Before I started the podcast, I ate four cookies. Yeah. See, there's the problem. <laughs> you're lucky. You're you're like me. You have a labor-intensive job that keeps you skinny. But if you stopped yeah. that job, you would be two hundred something, you know, pounds job overweight in no time. Yeah, you'd be sitting there like, Ugh, I eat cookies <laughs> for a living. I'm a cookie tester. <laughs> yeah, I need to stop, man. Stop, it's hard to though when you have a wife who bakes like a I you know, know she's a professional man. baker dude like i'm the same way i love sweets so like uh cookies and cake yum 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 oh man i love her cookies they're so good <laughs> all right dude let's wrap this up okay okay see you later i'm sure <laughs> no but Sweet. thanks everybody for listening again and thanks for uh sticking around and Everybody for letting me come back. Brad, thanks for letting me come back, buddy. That's not that wasn't my choice. That was your choice. And I laid off. I gave you your space. I didn't want to bug you. Like, hey, when you coming back? When you coming back? I gave you your space and you came back to me when you were ready. So I came back to you. I was like, Brad. <laughs> I missed you, buddy. It's all good. No, we got some cool episodes planned. I uh think uh i got an email from brian just a little bit ago you got it too about a show and then uh hopefully we can get anchor wizard on here soon and then i think we're taking a break december 14th right something Something like that yeah you're gonna take a little bit of a holiday break like we did last year so i think we're looking at like maybe three weeks um and then uh, we'll kick back up after new year's and get the ball rolling again and so yeah, it'll be cool. Start seeing some of these new products come out. Uh, yes. I have some, we'll have some, uh, old oldies, but goodies back on. Maybe we'll see our, uh, our dudes from Z man back on maybe was, Plano and you know, I was going to say Z man, he, he, he's going to come back on. We're going to talk about their new products. Yeah. 
So that's going to be fun. I can't wait. Sounds <laughs> good, dude. And we'll get to talk about all the stuff that we get for Christmas. I don't think I'm getting shit for Christmas, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I'm serious. I'm like, oh, Christmas. Like, it's I probably little... won't either, but whatever. I mean... But I, I'm replacing my rods. I replaced all my rods with Douglas rods. They're coming. So. Yeah. So are you like on their pro staff or what? I don't know. Oh. oh. No, but I, I, I got all my rods replaced. So That's I cool. I got those coming in the mail, so I'm so excited. Which Brian let me try those when I visited him up in there, and I'm like, dude, these are sweet. What do you got left over that you're trying to sell? Uh, Fenwick Baitcaster, 13 Fishing Baitcaster, and uh, uh, Dawa Tatula, whatever. Hold on to Fenwick for me. It's an HMG. I know. It's a medium seven foot. Sweet. I think that's what I broke. <laughs> there you go. If you want it, I'll give you a good deal on it. All right. All righty. Sweet. We will see you guys next week. And uh, have a good one. See ya. Thanks for tuning in to another killer episode on Paddle in Finn. Don't forget to go check out our website at Paddle, the letter N, and Finn.com. Don't forget to check out the YouTube channel at Paddle and Finn. If you got a question, comment, want to hear from a future guest on a future episode, feel free to email us at Paddle, the letter N, and Finn at gmail.com. Don't forget to follow us on social media at Paddle and Finn on Facebook and Instagram. Shout out to our show supporters, Angler. The Angler button and app just makes for a better time on the water and creates a virtual logbook for every fishing outing out on the water. Shout out to Rocktown Adventures, located in northern Illinois, for all your kayaking, camping, and hiking needs. TRC Covers, protect your investment. Catch Products, shout out to Catch Products. Go to catchproducts.com and put the Paddle in Fin logo directly on your catch board. Shout out to Jigmasters Jigs. When in doubt, get the jig out. Go to jigmasters.com, use promo code PNF20, and save 20 20% on all your jig and tackle needs. Join Captain Justin Leak and Meredith McCord for the best fishing action along Panama City Beach. Tune in to Chasing the Sun every Sunday at 9.30 a.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV. I'm Will Cooper, host of HuntStand's Make Your Mark podcast. For even more content, be sure to watch the original films from HuntStand Presents on the Waypoint TV channel every Tuesday at 10 p.m. Eastern. Visit waypointtv.com to learn more.